Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. The only notes I have on Jane is Jane is a damn liar. Fuck Jane. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm Jenny, her sister, born in 1974. And today's Jenny's birthday. Yeah, I was actually born today in 1974. <laughs> Happy so. birthday. So they won't uh, hear this on your birthday, but we're recording it on your birthday. Not that 24-hour turnaround. This is what I get for my birthday. <laughs> today we're going to continue our look at Little House on the Prairie, and we are covering Season 2, Episode 5, The Haunted House. The description reads, Laura goes into a haunted house when Nellie dares her to do it. She becomes a friend of the old man that lives there, Mr. Pike. She finds out that he is waiting for his wife to return. After Laura learns that Mrs. Pike died years ago, she helps Mr. Pike cope with the death of his wife. Wow. Spoiler alert. <laughs> right? Wow. I didn't read the description before I saw the episode, so I was kind of hanging in there. How do you not know that I, she was dead? I figured oh it out, but I didn't Could know you for certain. Her as a ghost, I didn't know for certain. I love a Little House on the Prairie episode when a ghost pops up in the first ten minutes. <laughs> of course, it's the best. Okay, we open on Miss Olson cleaning her windows and spying a strange man walking into town. She starts yelling to the family that Mister Amos Pike is here and he's a hermit. Laura's in the store as well, and they all freak out and run in the back room, except for Nels, who waits on Mr. Pike and delivers to him a special order. Amos Pike zooms in and appears to be paying quite a lot of attention to a Women's League social event that's going to be happening on Saturday. It's like a flyer that's up on the wall behind Nels. He says nothing. There are no words exchanged. Harriet emerges after he leaves and says, ugh, he's disgusting. Yeah, and he pays in full, like, the exact amount. So he's a creepy math genius. And I I want to know, uh, I forgot to look it up. We're going to have to pause here because I want to know who this actor is because they said guest starring Johnny Anderson in the beginning. Yeah, he, seem, he seems familiar. Um, pause. 
Okay, we're back. John Anderson apparently was in just a bunch of sitcoms in the 50s and 60s, and he was in Gunsmoke, and he was in Bonanza, which we know is where Michael Landon got his start. I don't know if he got a start, but he became really well-known for Bonanza. And that's about it. So dude didn't do a lot except look creepy and be tall to earn this Wasn't part, he in Psycho? He was in Psycho. He only had a bit part, though. I know, but that's kind of funny. It is kind of funny because I talk about Psycho later. Oh, can't wait for that. Mm, Spoiler alert. Um, He's super tall, though. Right? Yeah, he is super tall. He might be like seven feet tall. Okay. Okay. All right. Next, Mr. Pike is walking home to what appears to be an old, dilapidated, but once beautiful home. The interior is covered in cobwebs. We see a portrait of a beautiful woman over the mantle. I feel like they were laying on, like the cobwebs, that was laying it on pretty thick. Like to get that that level of cobwebs would take like 25 years. Although that may have been how long it was. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. I still have his bio up and I just saw that the first thing they say about him is he's tall. All right. And he impersonated Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, I'm done. Okay. He would be a great Abraham Lincoln. Yes. Yes. Maybe he was like the Daniel Day-Lewis of his time. He would be a great Abraham Lincoln. I could totally see that. Okay. So he unboxes. I was looking for the camera like, is he doing a YouTube unboxing? He unboxes the special order and it's a music box. But it's not a music box. It's like a, it's a glass dome around a little doll that spins around. So it's, it's not traditional music box is what I'm saying. It's like a bell jar over a like doll. Thank you. And it plays music. And this is where things turn dark <laughs> already. <laughs> He's looking in a mirror and he sees a woman twirling behind him. Her name is Miss Lily. And he starts yelling at it saying, you should have stayed with me. You would have been the ball, the bell of that social. And then he starts rambling to the ghost, saying that she lied to him when she told him she would be here forever. And he says, what's the point in being so beautiful if truth ain't in ya? This was dark. Wow. There were, like, well, first of all, he sees dead people. So let's, that right out of the gate, we're already seeing ghosts. So yeah, exciting. But these people clearly had a lot of money, too. I think you could just tell. Like, there's a painting of her. And like, that wasn't cheap to do. So, and he clearly doesn't work. There's no working farm there and he still has money. So like, they were like some kind of society thing. That's true. That's true. And I'm wondering if she was like much younger than him. I was wondering that. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's older now, but he seems like way older than her because they're talking about about 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. She died about 20 years ago. So but I still feel like even take 20 years off him, he's still much older, I think. Well, he looks 107. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next scene, the girls are playing with Nellie and Willie. Laura's building a trap and trying to catch a rabbit. Nellie asks her if she's brave enough to go up and touch the house on the hill. So behind them sits Mr. Pike's house. She tells Laura that Mr. evil Mr. Pike lives there. And that Harriet told her he's a maniac. And Willie <laughs> chimes in that he's a maniac who kills people. 
I mean, maniacs were a big thing when we were kids. Yeah, and people didn't, they didn't um, distinguish between mental illness and like murderous rampage behavior. Oh no, of course no. not. Yeah, there was so no, like everyone like... got looped into maniacs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> everything got looped into maniacs. You were just a maniac. There was a maniac loose. Like I remember, like when we would like have events or something like that when I was in twirling and we'd have a parade somewhere like there was these kids killed in that area like the week before and like there's a maniac on the loose like that was a thing there were a lot of people just randomly killed in the 80s okay that is no, no, the no. broadest weirdest <laughs> statement ever like in our area like mom would tell me like that there was some guy sniping people from the expressway bridge and then you know, there were those two kids that were murdered on their way home from the Little League game. Like, there was a lot of child murder and maniac stuff. Or, okay. or, or it just seemed like there was a It just lot. seemed like there was a lot because mom may have been into true crime even then. Yeah, that's true. She is. Yeah. She loves the true crime. Mom loves murder. Yeah, she won't read. So she tells us. she we'll, we'll recommend a show to her. And she's like, well, is there murder in it? And, like, she won't watch it if there's not a murder in it. That's <laughs> no, not okay. Murder. Something, something's not right there. You don't watch Mad Men because there's like, no murder. I'm like, <laughs> found drapers in it. Do you really need murder? Why do you always need a murder? I know. Okay. So Nelly Science says, "Don't you know if you touch a place where a maniac lives, he can't hurt you?" Don't know where she got that. I've never heard that urban lore. <laughs> That's a new one. They taught her, or they taunt Laura, and they tease her until she decides she's going to do it. Now, I have a side note here. There's some blonde girl named Jane who's playing with them the entire time, and I thought it was Mary. That's how interchangeable Mary is in every scene. <laughs> did you have your glasses on? Yes. Like, I know you need the close captioning, but did you, you have your glasses just on? Pluck Mary out, stick a girl named Jane in there, <laughs> and I, no, I don't I have this. <laughs> The only notes I have on Jane is Jane is a damn liar. Fuck Jane. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because Nellie lied about touching the house and having the immunity. <laughs> oh, right. And and Willie agreed. Okay, whatever. He's the little brother that's just going to go along no matter what. And then Jane just lies. Like, Nellie's like, you touched it too, Jane. She's like, yeah, I did. Fucking liar. Wow. She just totally lied. Yeah. Fake Mary is not cool. <laughs> Laura approaches the house and we have some ominous music. And I also wonder why Laura doesn't just run up to the side, touch it and run back. But whatever. I don't know. I have Laura is a badass. Yeah. She scene. walks up to the house. We have ominous music. The windows are boarded up. Harsh solar flare on the camera. She hears a bang and she runs away. And she's like like an inch away from touching the porch. Yeah. Like she could have just. That made I, no get to that. I get to that later. The kids tease her that she's a scaredy cat. And I call BS on this. Where are her lawyers? She should argue her case. If this was 10-year-old us, we would have some lawyers and judges to like work <laughs> this out, just like we did with our bike crashes. That's true. That's true. Because she was close enough to touch it, I think that should qualify. I think so, too. She went. She was more than close enough to touch it. She it was more qualify. than an arm's length close to it. It might not qualify to get the immunity from the maniac, but it should qualify that she's not a scary cat. <laughs> get the immunity wear. from the maniac. <laughs> okay. Back at the homestead, Charles and Caroline and the family are eating chicken. Laura asks, 
Is Mr. Pike really a maniac? And Charles tells her that he's just an old man who likes his privacy, and Caroline says he's entitled to that privacy. The girls say he looks scary and his house is scary, and Charles says he built that house long before the first settlers came to Walnut Grove, so he deserves to live in it any way he wants. Charles, where was this empathy when you were squatting on the Native American land in Kansas? Oh, there was none. None. But I have I have an index card. Oh, for what? So was the For Mr. Was Pike Am- building his house? Was Amos Pike there before the founders of Walnut Grove? All right. So I what was I going to do like, it on Maniacs? I need a to- maniac community. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need to look for some music to introduce this, but it has to be dun, something dun, like. Dun. Wah, wah, no, like it shouldn't sad. be that. It should be like dramatic, like dun dun dun. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So the community of Walnut Grove began in 1870. They were incorporated in 1879. The first village officials were Eliza Beadle, president. So what you don't know is that Miss Beadle was actually married. Oh. In in real life. Okay. She was married. She wasn't, she wasn't the old spinster because she glasses. She, she didn't die alone. They needed a spinster, I guess, in the story. But like she wasn't she wasn't really she actually was married. Her husband died fairly like when she was when they were fairly young. And she had kids that she couldn't take care of, and they adopted out one of the kids to the Olsons. And the Olsons, well, they were the Owens, raised the kid, and then Miss Beetle tried to take the kid back later, and he didn't want to come back. Wow. And he even took the Owens' last name. Isn't that crazy? Wow. I found that I found that on another journey. Now, that's interesting, because I thought Miss Beetle just died alone because she had glasses. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was actually married. She had a bunch of kids. Hmm. Okay. And then um, W.H. Owens, who is Nels, was the treasurer. And Charles Ingalls was Justice of the Peace. Of course he was. <laughs> oh, God. Of course. <laughs> and there was four more um, people that I didn't know. But Eliza Beadle, being the president, I think may have been a relative of Miss Beadle's. Yeah, because her name her, her family. Well, no, no. That's probably a male. I doubt they had a woman president. Are you kidding me? That would have been shocking. That would have been amazing. <laughs> no, right? like, come on. But we Lafayette, go ahead. Lafayette Beadle was the first postmaster and started a school in his living room. That's so that the greatest was name I think I've ever heard. Lafayette Beadle? <laughs> Lafayette Beadle is going to be the name of my next pet, whatever it is. <laughs> I like that. That would be good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But while I was looking for signs of Amos, of what's his name? Amos Bike. Bike? Um, I found tons of fake news. So on Pinterest, there's this thing that has gone completely viral, and it's a sign that's clearly from the set of Little House. And it says Lars Hansen founded, like founder of Walnut Grove, 1840. Can't find any evidence that that's remotely true, or even that Lars was a real person. I would not put it past Mr. Hansen for creating that sign himself and sticking it around various places. And I found the greatest thing. There's this ghost hunting site from clearly 19, like early 90s. Like it has like a counter at the bottom of it and stuff. And it has something about the old Pike house in in Walnut Grove. And it's like totally crazy. It says it was first described in the diary of Melissa Elizabeth Landon. Hmm. That's obviously fake. A contemporary of Laura's. It's located on Wilder Road in Mankato, 30 30 miles west of Mankato. And it's believed to be haunted. And a jogger saw a woman in a prairie dress there in 1976, which would have been right after this episode aired. Yeah, no. 
totally fake. (laughs) That's the only thing I could find on the Pike House without, you know, like going to a library. It's interesting that there's a lot of like lore around this house because somebody else wrote that they thought it was the same house they used for the blind school. Oh, Hmm. I don't know if that's true. I just deal in conjecture here. And I wrote later that the interior of this house is very reminiscent of Psycho, of the house in Psycho. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. You're right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure it was just a common style, architectural style. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting. But it's, um, it it seems doubtful that this was real, but whatever. Okay. Later that night, the girls are in their loft and Mary is studying. Shocker. Laura's brushing Wait, I saw that Mary was studying. I'm like, Jesus, Amy. What is she studying for now? Laura's brushing her hair and tells Mary she's going to steal a piece of wood from Mr. Pike's house. That way, Nellie will know she touched it and won't keep teasing her. Mary warns her to leave Mr. Pike alone. Pa says so. And Laura says to Mary, why don't you come along? And Mary's like, uh, I have to do my laundry that day. She didn't say that. She was terrified. She said, I'd rather take the teasing. Um, No, you wouldn't, Mary. We know that from the last episode that we watched. Right, when you threw your expensive glasses into some log because (laughs) Nellie called you four eyes. Laura then says she's going to take Jack with her. And I immediately put my dog Nellie in her crate. Oh, well, when she said she was going to take Jack with her, I was like, "This he's going to fuck everything up. There's no question. Yeah. Yeah. I immediately had to put my dog away. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, okay, so l- let me just share this uh, little tidbit here. So I put my dog away because if she can't see the animals on TV, she's usually fine. But what does that fucker do? He starts barking real like vocal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she starts barking anyway. Okay, that Saturday, because Mr. Pike goes to town on Saturdays, Laura ventures to his house with Jack. She's up on the porch, and suddenly a cat appears in a broken window. And Jack literally dives through the window to chase the cat. Now Laura has no choice but to go in the house. And when she walks in, it's creepy as fuck. Laura is a boss. Like, she just walks into this haunted house, and, like, there's a Tom and Jerry scene going on with Jack and this damn cat. It's the most action you've seen out of this dog yet. First of all, if that were me, I would just run home and be like, Dad, can you go get Jack? Or Jack died. I would just leave Jack and, you know, let things work out how they're supposed to. Because there's no way I'd be going in that house. This damn dog. I mean, I was afraid of grass. We've established this. I'm not going into a creepy house. Yeah. Um, also, I wrote that I don't know why Laura thought it was a good idea to take an unleashed dog to a stranger's house. Uh, did they even do leashes then? I feel like she they could have. Yeah, because oh, yeah, Charles they did. has tied they did. him up with rope before. Yeah, like they tied them to things, but yeah. I don't know if they're like, walking them on a leash. We haven't seen that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Laura creeps around the house, and because of course she does, and finds a bedroom with a bunch of music boxes in it, including the one from the beginning. She winds it up and she starts humming and twirling just like the music box. So Laura is easily entertained. Easily. (laughs) Meanwhile, Mr. Pike is walking across his lawn on his way home. Laura hides, but he comes in the house anyway. I wrote, Jack is useless. Jack is useless again. He doesn't bark or attack the man. What does he do, Jenny? He breaks a vase. 
he breaks a vase and runs past him and just abandons Laura. And exposes Laura's hiding place. And I have a note here, Aim. <clears throat> I have that Laura gets in trouble in an old house that she shouldn't be in. <laughs> oh, where where have I heard this before? <sighs> okay. Wait, is there any... Did people actually get indicted for this incident? Like, should, should we not talk about it? <laughs> I think you now have to tell the story. Okay, when I was 15, a group that I hung out with influenced me. Influenced you. <laughs> to go into an abandoned house that was like... Not super abandoned. I mean, it was boarded <laughs> up and there were piles and piles and piles of mail. But it didn't look too abandoned that I wasn't afraid. I was I was not afraid to go in. And we decided to just start hanging out there and pretty much moved in. And, you know, every time we went out for the night, that's where we went. And there were parties there and everything else. Flash forward Three months, the cops are at my parents' door. <laughs> I'm on probation. Yep. And all of my friends turn on each other. Nobody talks well, anymore. And I try to help you because you used to call me for beer because my boyfriend at the time, because he was tall, they thought he was 21. <laughs> so they would just sell him six packs of beer. No, no, no. And that's not what happened. They gave him a local college, shall not be named, Gave him an ID, remember? Because he took like a music class there. Yeah. So he would use that ID, which had no identifying information on yep. it. He would yeah, just they, use that ID as ID. Half the time they wouldn't even ID him because they're just like tall. Okay, cool. You must be older. So Amy would call me and I'm like, okay, where should we meet you? And she's like, at the abandoned house. And I'm like, okay, well, wait, like, are you going to walk somewhere to use the phone? She's like, there's a phone there. And this is immediately when I was like, what? I'm like, what do you mean there's a phone there? And she's like, yeah, there's a phone and electricity and TV. And I'm like, aim. That is somebody's <laughs> fucking house. Like, what are you doing? But you did stop going. And then, but then you were already linked to it and it was too late. And then yeah. what happened? The cops, is- and I, of course, assume the cops are coming for me for something. <laughs> Jenny's upstairs hiding all her, mar- quote, marijuana pipes. <laughs> Imagine my relief. <laughs> all right. So Mr. Pike finds Laura and starts yelling at her and he grabs her by the arm and throws her out on the front porch and accuses her of coming there to steal something. And then he like looms over her. There's a lot of looming in Little House in these seasons. Like remember we had Nels looming over Harriet like he was going to hit her. So Mr. Pike is looming over Laura and starts screaming at her never to come back. And she said, and he says, don't tell anybody about me. And she says, you're nothing to tell anybody about. You're not even a maniac. You're just a mean, selfish old man. And she runs away. And I wrote, thanks a lot, Jack. Yeah, Jack. I was like, where the fuck's Jack? Like Jack bailed out of there. Like maybe the cat killed him. Right. Like Laura risks her life to chase after Jack. She should have just left him to die, in my opinion. (laughs) And now Jack just abandons her with the maniac. With the maniac. Yeah, doesn't even warn her that the maniac's coming. No. Yep. Later that night, Charles is having his pipe outside and Laura comes out to talk to him. She asks, oh, she says she's sorry she disobeyed him. And I have a little note on the writing here. We see this quite a bit now where instead of showing us all the scenes, they're telling us what happened through different devices. And I wrote, thank God we picked up the pace. Thank God. (laughs) So says you know i'm sorry i i disobeyed you and he says it's okay everybody disobeys once in a while 
And she asks Charles permission to go back to the house because she feels guilty for yelling at the old man and he gives her the permission to do so. The next day, we see Laura approaching the house and Mr. Pike is talking to Lily in the painting again. And he's saying, if you get back in time for spring, we'll walk like we did before. Your pretty hand in mine and you're all smiling and warm. You'll like it, I promise, more than you did before. This is getting fucking creepy. Like, I can't even. Well, and then Laura just walks the fuck in and doesn't even knock. Yep, I have that. Suddenly he looks up and he sees Laura there. (laughs) And apparently she just walked into his house. And I wrote, this is a man that the whole town thinks is a maniac. And she just (laughs) walks in. Yeah, she's brave as fuck. She starts talking to Mr. Pike and offers to help him clean up his house for Miss Lily. She asks a bunch of questions like Miss Lily, uh, about Miss Lily. What is her name? Yada, yada. He says her name was Lily Baldwin. And then he calls Laura a real snippety snap. Yeah. And a runny nose little upstart. (laughs) Which I I love that one. Uh, That was great. (laughs) The next scene, we have Laura and Mr. Pike cleaning up the house. They're shaking out rugs, cleaning up windows, because all it takes is a little little love, right, Jen? A little love from a precarious 12-year-old. If you dust up the place, you'll be fine. Yep, you'll be all right. Laura asks where Miss Lily went. Mr. Pike tells her Miss Lily's gone to the city and she should be back whenever she's sick of city living. And Laura says if he went to the city, he would see Miss Lily a lot more. And he's like, eh, I'm not a city man. Then we see Charles arrive to pick Laura up. And Mr. Pike is like total dick mode again. Keep your kid out of my business. And he walks in the house and Charles says to Laura, did you hear that? And Laura goes, I sure did. That's just how he is. He really likes me. This is so funny because you know what this reminds me of? My cat. Your cat, Jude. <laughs> we had this cat, Jude, who I loved. He was oh, amazing. God, he was the worst cat and on he, the planet. He would, he would like scratch up the girls like playing or whatever. Like he was a little rough and He tumble. would attack my children. They would just be walking <laughs> through the kitchen and he would dive at them and start scratching little, them. He was a little rough and tumble. And they would be like, oh, it, it's just how he is. He's, he was just in a mood. It was like such like a... What's that called when they have that syndrome? <laughs> he was like an abuser. It's the Patty Hearst thing. He was like an abuser. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. were, and they were falling in love with him. What is yeah. that called? I forget. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Hold on. I need to know this. Pause. We're back. Stockholm syndrome. Duh. Okay. Didn't you say that? No, I said Munchausen's. <laughs> oh, that's when you have the fake illness. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fake illness. Yeah. The next day, Laura's back at the house. She's cleaning a mirror, and she and Mr. Pike are chatting. Laura tells him she won't be able to be here tomorrow because she's going to Mankato. And then there's this weird talk of Miss Beetle encouraging them to miss school to go to Mankato and then come home and think about it. I like, think this that's is, awesome. This is the way we learn geography, which is great, unless you go to Mankato and sit and watch your father load a wagon and then just come home. She's asked if he ever has been to Mankato, and he reveals that's where he met and married Miss Lily. She was in a repertory company, which is the same group of actors and actresses performing different plays every night. He tells Laura about some of the plays that he saw her in and says the theater was his, quote, courting place. He was a stalker. Yeah, and we lost the G again. No, that's we lost the G again. (laughs) He was a stalker. Like... And he's like, oh, I was there every night in the first row. And like, she didn't pay attention to me for like weeks. Total stalker. Yep, yep, yep. Mr. Pike then built her a house and then went back to the city and proposed. And she said, yes. 
She came to the house and he says she left again because she was lonely there and wanted to be back in the city. So she went back to Mankato. So Laura goes to Mankato with Pa and asks if she could take a walk while Pa is, again, needlessly shuffling around bags shuffling of seed. Bags. <laughs> Laura is like Perry fucking Mason. And is he, wait, is Perry Mason a detective or a lawyer? Perry Mason is a detective. She's like Perry Mason. She's like, or is he a lawyer? Pa, pa, can I go for a walk? And like, you know, she's going to investigate this shit. Absolutely. She, you know she she's is. not going to let this die. She finds the theater, but it's like all closed and boarded up. But for some reason, there's still a dude working in the room next to it. Like just so living amongst the old theater props. And she walks in. She's like, I'm Laura Ingalls. And I'm like, is she running for fucking office? Like she's just walking around like I'm Laura Ingalls from Walnut Grove. She finds this dude in the room and asks him if he knew Miss Lily. He says yes, but she won't be coming back because she got cholera and died more than 20 years ago. Dun, dun, dun. Later, Laura, Laura and Charles are having lunch and talking about Mr. Pike. Laura is worried about how Mr. Pike is going to take the news. Charles says everyone dies, it comes to everyone, and that's why it's important to have faith. Well, but first of all, I get that Laura doesn't get what's going on here. Doesn't Charles? Doesn't Charles? Like, she's been dead for 20 years. Clearly, he knows that. Yeah. And clearly, he's, yeah. like, insane. Like, Laura wouldn't pick up on that. But, like, Pa, come on, man. Yep. You seriously think he doesn't know? Yep. It's been 20 years. And he was married to her. Yes. And I wrote, so let's review. Charles is letting his, what, 12-year-old daughter... Go to some strange dude's house who everyone in town is scared of and thinks is a maniac to tell him that his wife, who he is still waiting to come home, is dead. Yeah. That's just putting your kid right in harm's way, right? She's got some heavy shit going on. Like, why would he allow this to happen? Anyway, they have this weird talk about religion. And Charles tells... Laura, that even people who are, aren't religious can turn to God in their time of need and that God listens to people, even if they aren't religious. Laura says when she goes home, she has to tell Mr. Pike that Lily's dead. And we know now where this is going. She wants to encourage him to talk to God. Pa defends secularism. Again. Not, yeah. But, but he's not atheist. He's, it's still God. God's still there. Yeah. yeah but yeah. he's like, you don't have to go to church. That's okay. Yeah. So when we return to the house, it's very clean now. Looks great. Yeah. Like, uh, Mr. Pike is in a great mood. He's like dancing and feather dustering. The feather duster, by the way, is not a feather duster. I'm sorry. It looks like a mop or broom with a shirt rubber banded around it. Well, the feather duster probably wasn't invented yet. Probably not. Laura just comes out with it. She said she went to the theater in Mankato and asked a man about Miss Lily. She doesn't say, like, maybe you should sit down. Yeah. Or. (laughs) I mean, she's a kid. She She gets a pass. She just comes out with it. Right. I guess kids aren't really skilled in telling clearly traumatized people that their spouses are dead. Right. She starts to tell him that uh, Miss Lily is sick and he doesn't want to hear it. And then as he's denying it, these little details come out. He reveals the doctor tried to tell him the same thing, but he knows it's a lie. So now Laura's putting the pieces together. This is where I was like, run, Laura, run. Well, he starts to turn on all the music boxes in the bedroom. Run. And I'm like, Laura, you need to go. So she starts to cry. 
And it seems like she's going to fight with them, but then he screams at her and she runs out. Like that is, this is how people end up chopped up across several acres of land. Like <laughs> that is a point where like that click should go on in your head. I mean, it should have went on like a week ago, but <laughs> like run, Laura. He knows she's dead and he's nuts. Like run. Yeah. Yep. A few days later, we see Charles come home. Caroline is gone to talk to some poor person named Amy Hearns. Who Charles just maligns for no reason. Oh, that Amy Hearn, she could talk a leg off a table. <laughs> I have a question. That's a good one. I Because I feel like you could talk the leg off a table. I could but talk I have a, four legs off a table. I have a thing here. Like, it feels like Ma's not even in this episode. Did I, like, am I imagining No, that? she's like, really she, not. Maybe she was really off not. guest starring on the love boat at this time. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Mary and Carrie are at the table. I'm ignoring Carrie. I'm just going past her. And Mary reveals that Laura's in the barn studying. She says she's been so so upset since Mr. Pike got mad at her. Mary says Laura walks by Mr. Pike's house every day on the way home from school and just stands there and looks at it. Charles, clearly exhausted and dirty from working a hard day in the field, washes his hands and is like, okay, I'll go take care of this shit. In the barn, Laura says she's worried about Mr. Pike because it's been two weeks since their big fight. And Charles tells Laura, the more you love, the more you hurt. He's got a lot of platitudes. Like yeah, this. he does. The more you love, the more you hurt. And nothing bad ever comes from the heart. Like he loves these, you know, empty promised sayings. <laughs> then suddenly we have a turn to religion. Jen? Well, I just, Amy, as a former, former Sunday school teacher... <laughs> I have, a, I have a question for you. So they're talking about something like if you just believed in, in like I was heaven, a, I was a former, then he'd be fine. I was a former failed Sunday school teacher. That's true. You did fail that pretty hard. But yes. like they're talking about how if he just believed in heaven, he'd be fine because he'd know Miss Lily's in heaven and everything would be okay. So, so you get mental illness if you aren't religious. Like I don't understand. Like. How does religion fix mental illness? Can you help me with that? Well, do you want to know my thoughts on this? I wrote, now they're going to push religion on this poor man. Hey, Mr. Pike, <laughs> stop talking to one ghost and start talking to another. And that's going to solve everything. But I guess I guess the what they're trying to say here is that, like, give him something to hold on to, right? Because, like, like, there's the, not psychotherapy, really. So This will be the episode where I refer to God as a ghost and we lose three of our five listeners. Yeah, I mean, there's he's having hallucinations. I don't know how the Bible cures that. The next day, Laura and Mary are walking to school, and they walk past Mr. Pike's, and Laura leaves a Bible on a tree stump by his house. I Laura think is a Jehovah's Witness right now. Tree stumps are just places we hide things. I guess they're just like I, a I whole mechanism. He sees her, and she runs. Oh, you know what it is? They didn't have mailboxes. They didn't have mailboxes, but it's like an it's kind of functioning more like a locker. Right. They had way. mail slots, but you couldn't Did leave they? an item in a mail slot. Oh yeah, like on the houses in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you had like an item to leave somebody, you would Did put they, it. No, they didn't have mail slots. No. Pause. All right, I'm back. 1858 was when the first mail slot was invented. So they could have had them. But you're yeah, right. I think in Walnut, in you're right. I think in Walnut Grove, they went over to Grace and picked it up. Because Grace has to verify their identity, remember? 
Of course. <laughs> Where's your voter registration? All right. Um, so they're walking past. She leaves the Bible. Mr. Pike spots Laura and she runs. So we see him sitting down and immediately diving into the Bible. And the music box is going and he's seeing the ghost in the mirror. And then all of a sudden, as he's reading the Bible, the ghost goes away. So I have, I have a fire. Like again, <laughs> he's having hallucinations. Does reading the Bible cure that? I want to see that white paper. Well, and I wrote yet again, holy shit, this is working. <laughs> <laughs> the suspension of disbelief is, is great. After he's done reading the Bible, we see Mr. Pike go out to the yard and we realize Miss Lily is buried there. Not in a creepy way, but in a legitimate way with the headstone. <laughs> Not in a creepy way. Well, Not I have body I parts have, across a couple acres way. I have thoughts on, you know, when we were kids, we were convinced that we saw our neighbors bury somebody in the yard. Remember, Jenny? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hank and Mary? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we were convinced that we saw Hank murder Mary and bury her in the yard. Yeah, because we had nothing to do on Friday nights. This is yeah. what we did. And I I was walking with my best friend a couple days ago, and we came up with a theory. I said the reason people get caught murdering their spouses and stuff is because they make the grave mistake of, no pun intended, burying them at night. You want to hide a body, you do it in plain daylight where it looks like you're putting in a pool or a tree. And you just get that backhoe, dig out some ground, throw the body in there, put a tree, and then cover it back up. So I have a couple of questions. Because you're burying things at night. People are going to start calling the cops. Definitely digging a hole at night. No good is happening there. <laughs> Secondly, when you say your best friend, considering this conversation, do you mean mom? Shut up, Jenny. <laughs> Amy and mom are BFFs. Shut up. <laughs> and she loves murder, so I assumed this was the conversation. Mom would be one of the people I would go to if I had to figure out how to get rid of a body. She knows it all because yes. she watched it all on TV. Yes, absolutely. And I also have a note, like, how did Laura miss this giant tombstone? Well, she said something about Miss Lily would love it if we cleaned up the yard and planted flowers. And he said, get out of the yard. Yeah, so but he, it's like right there, like. I it's think you've noticed by, it. it's covered by tall grass, but you can tell it's a tombstone. And to be fair, she probably didn't want to run through the tall grass for fear of getting a tick on her. Yeah, she's clearly afraid of ticks. <laughs> I'm <God>. projecting. <laughs> Later that day or the next day, we don't know. Willie, Nellie, and fake Mary walk past a terrified Laura who's pinned up against the tree watching Mr. Pike's house. They're playing follow the leader. Remember follow the leader? No, because I was always the leader. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> the children taunt her that she doesn't want to play because she's scared the maniac will come out and grab her. Laura defends Mr. Pike, and then she notices that he left the music box in the tree where she had left the Bible. Laura takes the music box and walks right into Mr. Pike's house. Again, no knocking. Nellie and Willie are shocked that she's walking into the house. And I wrote, oh, I bet Mr. Pike is shocked too. <laughs> Laura, I, I wrote that Laura has some heavy extracurricular activities. <laughs> like, damn. Mr. Pike tells Laura he's cured and starts reciting the Bible. He then asks if Miss Lily is in heaven. And then he tells Laura the story about how she got sick and how he couldn't help her. And he asks Laura to, quote, Help me to believe. She hugs him. Cue the music. And at the end, Laura comes out like a boss. 
<laughs> and Nellie and Willie are there and she says, Mr. Pike wants to see you. And they run away terrified. Well, they see him in the window. She's got him in on it. Yeah. And he stares at them. Epic revenge. Epic. Laura laughs maniacally, ironically, and Mr. Pike winks at her. That's it. That's the end of the episode. Thoughts. Well, and Nellie and Willie and Jane are run like fake running Mary. over each other, running out like to get out of there. She's fake Mary, and she might be better. I don't know. She's yeah, not she's studying great. half the time. So at the end of every episode, Jenny and I will attempt to link a theme or some kind of motif in the episode to some aspect of our psyche as adults or some trait that we've carried with us from not only Little House specifically, but just this message that we've been getting from shows at this time. We call it our why. So Jenny, what is your why? So this is why I could never move to a really small town when I get old. Because I will be that town maniac. There's no question. I will be Pike. You won't be Miss Lily and wither away and have to go back to the big city? I mean, this would have to be after I already withered away in the big city and moved. (laughs) Like, if I thought I was going to move to a small town, like, they'd be like, why hasn't she left the house in four weeks? Why doesn't she have a car? What's grow? What is that? What are those plants growing in her garden? All of a sudden we see you. You're seven feet tall with a beard. Who would paint a kitchen blue? Like, you know, they just, there'd be all these things. I feel like I would be the maniac. You would be the town maniac. I would definitely be the town maniac. Just because I would keep to myself and be the weirdo that no one sees. (laughs) You're kind of that now. And I don't drive. So like that would freak people out in a town. I feel like I don't drive anymore. I have a license. I know how to drive. I just don't really drive. Jenny shows up, like she'll roll into town to quote unquote, visit my children and she shows up for like a soccer game and she she's like all dressed in black, huge black sunglasses, black cap, black jacket. It's like a celebrity comes into town. Well, it is like a celebrity comes into town, but like that you don't even notice you're doing in New York. It was so funny because me and my friend went to San Francisco the one time. We we're walking around like we're head we're in head to toe black and you don't realize it till you're like in San Francisco where like people wear color. (laughs) What's wrong with me? Yep. So my why is this is why this is why I think I fell in love with stories. Everyone has a story and I love hearing them. Like I'm the person who gets to know everybody. When I sit next to you for 10 minutes at a wedding, (sighs) I will come away with your entire life story. This is you and mom. Yep. This is you and mom. Like I think I exude that don't talk to me. Yeah. But like you guys are best friends with like, I'll walk away from mom and be like, oh, I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to go down here and do this. I'll be right back. And she'll have a like a life friend. Yes. In that like 15 minutes that I left her. I was Timmy and I were in a bar in San Francisco and I became such good friends with this woman that I met from Australia. She was telling me all about the death of her daughter. We were crying together We became like friends on Facebook. We closed the bar together. Like you would swear I have known this woman 110 years. But I think that's an exception. I think that's an exception to the rule though, because all over the world that I visited, I become friends with people from Australia. I don't know what it is. There we go. We just hit it off with them. Like, what is it? Like, we're just like, yes. I will tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. And I wrote here. 
Let me just finish my what I wrote. As Mr. Pike was talking about Miss Lily, I was really interested in what happened to her and what their love story was and how he got to where he was. I've always been so fascinated hearing other people's journeys. And I think that's why I like episodes like this and Little House in general showed me there's often a deeper story inside of people. I don't think it's a coincidence that the writer in the family is the one who seeks out other people's experiences. Bam. Uh, but mom does too, and she's not a writer. I think mom could have been a writer. Okay. Well, maybe you should get her started on her memoir. I've tried to track down like where my love for writing came from. I mean, it definitely has been um, fostered by mom's love of reading, which she imparted to me as a child that's true mom's a huge reader huge reader but i also think that you know i've been looking through our ancestry to see was anyone a writer don't forget somebody's been a writer and just didn't realize that dream aim are you you're like where do i belong in this family of visual artists but i do think laura's good at questioning and i'm good at questioning like i will find something out like say Say my friends, you know, they meet a guy on Facebook or something. They're like, hmm, we don't know what he does for a living, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'll ask him. Do you know well, what I see, mean? It's, it's interesting because I have also curiosity, but it's a, it's more of like an intellectual curiosity about like things and facts and like history and like the the part about the people is the part I'm not like, I don't like talking to people. Well, I clearly <laughs> got the people skills yeah, in the family. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Jenny will like walk me. Jenny has to like walk me through basic scientific concepts. Like what is gravity or <laughs> well, how no, to, to be fair. No one knows what gravity is or so. how to divide by three. But I have to sometimes walk Jenny through the humanity of things. Like, like I can, I can give you a dissertation on quantum physics, but like if I have to ask somebody like their story, that's the most painful thing. All right, Jen, why don't you let everybody know what we're doing next? So we are going to do a fan. I think we can call them fans. Sure. A listener request. Reluctant listeners. We're going to do a a listener request. So somebody watched the camp. From my bunkie, Jen. It's from my bunkie, Jen. So... She wants us to do the camp out. She watched that episode and thought it was hilarious. And uh, I guess the Ingles and um, the Olsons go camping together. So, And I have so many scarring memories of camping. So oh I think God. that this, this will be a good one for us to do. I have so many questions. First, why would you go camping when you already fucking live in a campsite, mm. essentially? <laughs> they have houses. I guess. With doors and windows. But like, no indoor plumbing and no running water true yeah um and i also want to thank we've had a couple five-star reviews come in so i want to thank tara and ken p and connie from accounting who have all taken some time and wrote some nice reviews on apple itunes thank you very much um and you know sharing is caring so if you want to help us out here and spread the word that would be great share our podcast with your friends and any other is sharing, is sharing is caring is that from the care bears it might be i think it is wow yeah that was deep that's deep in there that is that, <laughs> that is deep in there all right so thanks for listening and we'll see you soon
Hi everyone, Amy here. Thank you so much for listening to our little pod. We really appreciate it. You can best support Gen X This Is Why by leaving us a review wherever you listen or by subscribing. And also you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gen X This Is Why. Letter X, spell out the Y. I share some pretty embarrassing photos of Jenny on Instagram, so I highly recommend. You can also join our Facebook group, The Mimi Bees, where we post episode notes, share additional content, and host occasional giveaways. Thanks again for your support. Jenny has at least 10 years of therapy left, so we really need all the help we can get. Thanks a lot, and see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.